Hello, welcome to Fantasy Status. My name is Brian Krogsgaard. I'm here with my buddy Dale. What's up, Dale? Hey, what's going on, Ledger? How's it going? It's good, man. It's another week. Uh, what week is it? We just finished week five. Uh-huh. There was uh, good and bad, I guess. It was a fun week of football. Did you watch many games on Sunday? Yeah, I kind of hit or miss on Sunday. It was, uh, you know, with this COVID stuff going on, it's a pretty interesting week. You you just got to take it day by day, especially in the fantasy world. You know, on one league I picked up, Steven Goskowski, and then it was looking like they weren't going to play, and I was like, ah, both of the Monday night kickers were gone, so I had to drop him and pick up some other turd. <laughs> I'm so glad I don't have kickers in any leagues of mine anymore. Um Brutal. I enjoyed the football this week, though. It was just – I thought it was fun. Like, Miami upsetting San Francisco. Mm-hmm. The Cleveland Indy game I thought was a lot of fun. The Raiders-Chiefs game was oh, fun. Oh, yeah, Raiders-Chiefs. Like, I was so – that was the first time I really realized how much of a dynasty the Chiefs had become because it was, like, big news to see them losing. And, you know, yeah. teams lose all the time, even great teams. But it's really weird to see the Chiefs lose. Um yep. First time they've lost since November of last year. Yeah, and I am a total like. I, I was in. I'm in disbelief with Oakland. I don't believe in them, <laughs> really. Uh, but they pulled it together. Maybe Rugs really does make the difference for them to be able to stretch the field. But like, I was trolling about David Carr or Derek Carr, or whatever Derek Carr, mm-hmm. uh, because he just throws like three yards to Waller over and over and over again. But maybe. Maybe every now and then going 30, 40 yards down the field with rugs is enough for them to be able to get those defenses, you know, a little sideways. Yeah. They've been looking for that speedster. You know, Al Davis loved speed and they would always, you know, they're very notorious for reaching for that speedster early in the, in the draft. And I think rugs might be the person that they've been looking for. Yeah. Did you see the, I mean, I loved rugs from watching him in college, you know, as an Auburn fan, you got to watch a lot of Alabama games, mm-hmm. and uh, I knew he was talented. But holy cow, that one catch where he mossed that guy—did you see that yeah. one? Yeah, that was insane. I mean, just showed that he's more than he's more than just the speed. But when you have speed and you know hands like that and the awareness, he's he's good. I still don't know if I would believe in him from a fantasy perspective, like. Kind of the same way as I used to feel about somebody like Stefan Diggs, although he's completely different this year. Like, they could be a really great receiver, run really great routes, but if you're relying on one of their three or four catches a game being 50 yards, then it just makes it challenging from a fantasy perspective. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely makes it hard for you to be consistent. You know, you're only, in my opinion, your team's only as consistent as your player. So, it, you know, it's nice if you have a bye week and you have someone like Ruggs who could put up 20, 30 points, you know, where you're not relying on him to get that 10 to 15 to 20 average weekly. Yeah. Um, so, you of, course, know, of course, we say that, and now Stefan Diggs at another team is he uh-huh. got 17 targets this week against Tennessee. Yeah. 16, was, 16 targets. And he's the uh, number. Seven standard points receiver on the year, number four PPR. That's crazy. Yeah, and he was pretty much non-existent last year with the Vikings. Uh, yeah, I had him, and he was f- so frustrating. Like you just, I mean, you were torn between starting him or benching him based on matchup. It never works out the way you want when you do that kind of stuff. 
Nope. You yeah. sit him as a game. You start him. He does not have a game. Yeah. Hey, uh, before we get into some of our our deeper talk about players, I want to thank our our partners for these episodes. We've got three league partners. League One, Dragon Chain. Go to ledgersass.com slash Dragon Chain to check them out. They help you scale blockchains. League Two is Matcha. Go to ledgersass.com slash Matcha, M-A-T-C-H. They help you aggregate your trading experience. They collect all the pools, and they give you the best uh, lowest fees and best uh, slippage, all that. So if you want to make some size size orders, they are great at that. And then uh, Stacked is going to help you automatically invest, even follow traders you like if you go to letterstatuscom slash Stacked. We appreciate all of them. Go to those links. It helps us out. All right, we're going to play a little more player fade today, Dale. Yep. Let's start with a couple of the wide receivers who just busted out with Tons of yards, tons of touchdowns out of nowhere. Chase Claypool, what the heck? <laughs> is he yeah, the real deal? Uh, yeah, you know, I think he is. Here's the, you know, the NFL is all about chances, getting your chance. And with Deontay Johnson banged up for the Steelers, you know, Claypool saw that chance and he got 11 targets, which out doubled the next receiver, which was Juju with five. You know, Juju is always going to be the, the primary, but he's also – as along with that comes a primary attention. So they've been kind of looking for that second receiving. You know, when AB was there, it was Juju and he succeeded obviously. So they, the Steelers have been lacking that guy and they thought it, you know, the big hype on Deontay Johnson preseason was that he was going to be that guy. Well, he's banged up. He's got three targets over the last two weeks. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm playing him. I'm trying to get him in every league that he's available. I mean, when you consider all three of them, it's gotta be, you know, if if Claypool follows through and like keeps being awesome, they have to be up there with uh, Dallas in terms of just overall talent at the wide receiver position. Yeah, absolutely loaded. And you know, we'll talk a little bit later about Andy Dalton in that situation. But you know, you, you almost can just plug and play a, a mediocre quarterback when you've got James Conner in the backfield, and then Deontay Johnson, Claypool, and Juju and. Eric Ebron at tight end, and it's it's a loaded offense. Plus, they've got a good defense. That's the only downfall to them versus Dallas is Steelers' defense is a lot better. Yeah, if I would say anything, I would say those receivers in uh, Pittsburgh they almost better fit than the ones in Dallas because all those three guys in Dallas, the top receivers. They have kind of similar profiles, you know. They're six foot six two. They're like two hundred to two ten or whatever. And in Seattle, they've got these different profiles. Claypool's a beast. How many people did you hear? I mean, I, I listened to a lot of off season podcasts and stuff, and they were fading Claypool hard pre draft. Yeah. Like they yeah. were like, "Don't get this guy in your dynasty drafts. Uh, he's going to be a bust. He's just should be a tight end. He's an idiot trying to be a receiver." And then he came out and posted, I don't know, four three five or something super fast, and that got people a little bit excited, but they were still fading him hard. It, did they make the same mistake as they did with DK Metcalf and say, hey, this is just a you know, this is just a big body, fast guy, but don't let the body fool you. He doesn't have the talent. Like it seems like the same type of fade arguments, and he seems to similarly be proving people wrong. Yeah, it's almost identical too, and and how it's playing out is similar to a you know, DK last season, or his, which I think was his rookie season, uh, you know, wasn't a non-factor and all of a sudden exploded onto the scene. And, you know, now he's 100% the number one in Seattle. And, 
I think it was Russell Wilson said he's the best receiver he's ever played with. Yeah. Yeah, and he's somebody we could definitely talk about. But now, I mean, so Pittsburgh's got Claypool, big, 6'4", 230. Deontay Johnson's kind of their – I mean, honestly, he's their fill-in for Antonio Brown when he's on, right? Like 5'10", 180, can be yep. all over the field. And then Juju, kind of more your classical receiver uh, size. Like, I love their wide receivers. Um, I really do. It could, yeah, it could, it could get difficult over time the same way – Honestly, I guess both Seattle, Dallas, Pittsburgh, all three, you know, when you have so many people that are great players, you want to be able to back them and play them, but you know you're going to get off and on weeks out of them because sometimes you just focus on the guy that's got the best matchup. Best matchup, and then, uh, you know, you're going to try and, as a defense, try and shut down whoever's hot. And, you know, like next week, Juju, or this week, I guess, Juju might have a better game than Claypool just because, you know, Claypool is hot, and so they might shift their focus to him. Yeah. So <laughs> let's shift to a place that uh, does not have that problem in terms of uh, too many good wide receivers, and that is poor Philly. But Travis Fulgham came out of nowhere. Guy, you know, practice squad guy um, for a couple of years. So he's 25 years old, but he came out off the practice squad and immediately got 13 targets, 10 receptions, 152 yards and a touchdown. What are you doing with somebody like Fulgham? Are you, are you going to pick, pick him up and play him? Or are you going to fade him, stash him? What are you going to do? I'm going to, if I can stash him and I'm, I have the room, I'm going to stash him just mainly because, you know, like you said, he had the 13 targets last week, didn't have a single target the first three weeks. I know Philly's receiving core is a complete disaster right now. So he, to me, he's worth a stash. Uh, I don't know if he's startable yet, um, but I'm going to definitely continue to monitor the situation with Fulgham here. And if he has another monstrous week like this week, then you're going to be seeing him next week being uh, the waiver to pick up. So that's why I don't, I don't mind it being a little stash here. Yeah, I think I'm down with stashing him too. Uh, you know, Deshaun Jackson should be coming back. Alshon Jeffrey. Is supposed to be coming back. Ooh, that's a guy that's been annoying me uh, yeah. as an owner. But you know, I look at they uh, their schedule. This is a great week to stash him because he could he should disappoint. Honestly, they're playing Baltimore, but then they've got the Giants, they've got Dallas, they've got the Giants again, they've got Cleveland, Seattle, Green Bay. None of these are like defenses to write home about, other than Baltimore. So. If you can get, if you can stash him, maybe even get him after somebody has like a disappointing week and drops him after Baltimore, something like that. He might be the type of guy that could really help you out down the line, especially if the wide receiver, you know, rooms end up as nasty as the running back rooms are right now, where you just need people to plug in, you know. Yep. yep exactly. So, yeah, he interests me. I heard somebody in doing an analysis on him talking about how he also just wasn't in one spot. Like they put him, they lined him up in the slot. They put him outside, they put him all over the place and they were still targeting him all over the place. So that's, that's encouraging. It is. It's encouraging. Um, all right. Freaking beast mode of a game. I, a, a team that is stunning me. What's your thoughts on Mike Williams? I know he had a great week, but do you think he can keep it up over there uh, in LA? You know, I don't. I'm also going to fade him. Um, I've I've had bad experience with Mike Williams in the past. Uh, you know, I think a lot of his targets this last week came when Allen was out. And with Herbert there, uh, you know, Allen and Henry, Keen, that's Keenan Allen and Hunter Henry, 
pretty much see the bulk of the targets from Herbert. And I know that, you know, some people could argue that it's because he's a rookie and those are two veteran players that are very good. So I, I just, if, if Keenan Allen is going to be out longer than, than after this bye week, I might consider stashing Williams. And he just had back spasms, which sounds like, you know, the type of thing he's going to come back from quickly. Yeah. And they knew they were coming on the bye week. So they thought, uh, let's just rest him because He's a you know a comfort blanket for our rookie quarterback, so I'm gonna fade Williams for now. Uh, speaking of good football, that last play of the game, due to no fault of Mike Williams, I mean, the tackle on him, he couldn't stretch that last yard on the fourth down. Did you see that play? You know, I did not watch that game. But Lat- I mean, he had just burned Lattimore on another play, like <laughs> super awesome high point catch. Uh, and then, I don't know, a few plays later, uh, as they were nearing their last chances, and it was a fourth down and something long, and uh, they gave it to Williams. He needed about another yard and a half, two yards, and Lattimore just would not let him go. It must be a 40-pound weight differential, and Lattimore just – he totally made up for the previous busted play because it was it was impressive holding back Mike Williams like that. But I love Mike Williams' talent, but I agree with you on the fade there. I also think even though Herbert has been awesome, I feel like he's probably going to have some regression, some touchdown regression, and uh, there are other great targets there, so I'm with you on that fade. Yeah, Definitely. Definitely. Let's go to Jacksonville. DJ Chark's been disappointing. He's also now flaring up some injuries. And LaVisca Chenault, another rookie that's really showing up. Do you think we're going to see a Chenault-Chark flip on who's the wide receiver one in, in, in Jacksonville? I do, and I think they you know, they were pretty – Jacksonville was pretty high on him, on the rookie. Uh, it's it's kind of funny, though. You know, you see a lot of rookies here, that Claypool and Chenault that we've been talking about. And historically – the experts tell you to fade all rookie receivers because they generally aren't consistent. And here you're seeing Chenault. Um, I've got him on a dynasty team. I drafted him, and I'm 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 high on him. So I think you're going to see the flip here. Chark is Chark's good when he's healthy, but the problem is is he's just been banged up. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you too. And honestly, they just haven't managed to. Uh to do anything with with Chark all year like he's never getting more than four or five targets which is way too few honestly uh for somebody of his caliber and Chenault's a very flexible type of player like he'll he'll get running back carries I've heard comparisons to Cordell Patterson but seemingly better um but in terms of on the year I think he's the fourth highest point scoring rookie wide receiver and overall, I agree with you. These rookie wide receivers are really doing better than you would expect. I mean, CeeDee Lamb is a high wide receiver two, maybe wide receiver low-end wide receiver one on redraft leagues, which mm-hmm. makes him very valuable in Dynasty. Um, but after him, we've got Claypool, but half his points came in that one game. Justin Jefferson's been a beast, and then Lavishka Schnault is the fourth top uh, scoring wide receiver out of rookies, which I wouldn't have expected either from him. All the analysis I saw of him was that, you know, he was a little undisciplined, right? Like he was super talented, but he's just kind of all over kind of a flail about type of guy. And some of the predictions I heard were like, he'd take time to develop or maybe he'd be like injury prone because his, uh, you know, he's, he's not like, whereas J- Jerry Judy's the prototypical 
Like he he is a wide receiver. He's pro ready. Lavisca yep. Chenault was an athlete that wasn't pro ready, but here he comes in a kind of a wild west offense. He seems to be thriving. Yeah, and I think it's going to get better for him to you know get more comfortable with Gardner Minshew, and uh, I think you really see him take off. Yeah, just to round out some of these rookie wide receivers that are playable in redraft, which is amazing to me. I agree with you. Uh, in a visc- after after Chenault, T Higgins, Brandon Ayuk, Gabriel Davis, Jerry Judy. Uh, even Darnell Mooney at, at, up in uh, Chicago, your buddy. I mean, yeah. they've all been pretty freaking great. Uh, and then rounding out with Henry Ruggs, who has disappointed in a way. But no, I don't, like we said earlier, you didn't expect necessarily to get a ton out of him year one or in fantasy in general versus being a good football player. Right. right. Um, all right. So let's go from young to old. Is A.J. Green washed? That's the question. Yeah, and I think he is. However, I still think he has uh, a need in the NFL. You know, I think you could put him on a team with, you know, a, say a young quarterback or a team that can grind out on offense. And I think he still has the capability of being a pos- possession receiver, meaning if you need nine yards, you know, you could run him on a nine-yard out, nine-yard sideline, curl, whatever the case. And he's still got great hands. He's just lost a step on the speed. So you're not going to really see him burning anybody. He can still probably be a red zone threat. So I think, you know, and, and I'm not saying that this is a good fit for him, but I think if you could see him with someone, and I know you're wondering, well, uh, Burrow's a rookie and not us- utilizing him. But so I, I just think he does have his place in the league still. It's just got to be the right fit. And I think he's on his way. Out. I think you'll see a similar Le'Veon Bell situation come up with A.J. Green before the trade deadline. I would like to see that. Um, I just think Cincinnati's got a lot of talented wide receivers, and when you have A.J. Green, you feel like you got to play him, you gotta you got to target him some, but like you said, he's just not the best options there. You know, I could picture him at some places. Like, what about the Colts, man? They got ravaged with their young guys, and uh, they got – T.Y. Hilton, for who still has some speed, but they need like one of those just big magnet bodies to throw to on third and long, and I think he might be good at a place like that. You know, uh, that Indianapolis comes to mind, and so does the Patriots for some reason. Yeah, I don't think Nikhil Harry is the answer there for yeah. the Patriots, and I think Demir Bird's been the second wide receiver. Uh, pretty pretty brutal. Um, so yeah, they definitely need somebody in addition to Edelman. Um, but I agree with you. AJ Green washed with Cincy, maybe would have an opportunity somewhere else. Like maybe he's the type of person if you could think he's washed, but if you go all in on the he's going to get traded idea, he might be somebody you could buy low now or even get off waivers. And if he gets traded, you know, you have him stashed away on your bench if he lands in the right place, which would be a nice end of season type of uh bonus for your flex, maybe. Yeah, definitely has some potential. Like you said, one of those guys where the owner might be frustrated with him, so you might be able to sneak out a trade if you can just stash him for a little bit. Um, kind of similar to Le'Veon Bell, which we'll get to later. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and move on to uh, running backs, and let's start with Le'Veon um, because he got released by the Jets. Uh, is this going to be yet another player who – escapes Adam Gase and does better somewhere else. Like at first I was like, Oh, well that sucks for him. Except for now, I think he may be better. <laughs> like I kind of want him now. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. That's my thing too with him. I, I think I might try and target him in, in some leagues and try and get him just for the fact, you know, and, and I want to throw this out there. I want people to remember that he did in fact sign with the jets himself. He did not get traded there. Um, so that that's kind of funny to me that how the situation played out. However, uh, I would, I'm going to target him just because I think he's going to get to a different place. And I think, you know, depending where he goes, I've got four teams in mind that I think he would be fine at two of the teams, you know, he could play that change of pace back. And then on the other two teams, I think he would be the feature back, but still, I think he would be worth a stash and potentially a good flex starter. I mean, just just this morning we got news out of Denver that Melvin Gordon got a DUI and probably going to get suspended or more. Uh, somewhere like Denver could be where he goes. But, I mean, honestly, a lot of teams could use running back help. Um, is there a specific place that you just think right off the top of your head that he'd be great at? Yeah, so I've got really four, three teams that I think he'd be great at and then – two possibly that I could see. And obviously one is, you know, I say this and I'm a bears fan, but I think he could go to the bears. You know, they had that, they had Tariq Cohen who tore his ACL and he was kind of their receiving change of pace back. And I think Le'Veon would fit real in well there. Um, the other could also in Chicago, it gives you a little bit of a better barometer. Like see how, how does our young guy, David Montgomery, how does he stack up against a veteran like Le'Veon Bell? Like, how do they perform, um, you know, each taking series and help you better gauge, like, is our problem our line or is our problem yeah. David Montgomery? Exactly. Great, great concepts and great questions. Uh, two other teams I think he would be the feature back at would be uh, Arizona Cardinals. Mm. I, don't, I don't think they're really seeing what they want to see out of Kenyon Drake. They were big. He was had a great end of the year last year, great. And then this first game I think he started out this year was pretty good. Um, and then the other team would be the Dolphins. Surprisingly, they aren't as bad as what people originally thought. And, you know, they really are missing that. They've got Jordan Howard and Matt Breida and Miles Gaskins down there. So, you know, he would head, o- head out of water be better than those three. So he would be- could be the featured back there also. And then the other two that I could possibly see it happening is uh, Tampa Bay Bucks. The reason I think that is they've got that offensive firepower ronald jones can't catch a cold out of the backfield <laughs> and uh fournette and mccoy are just banged up and who knows the extent of them i think mccoy might even get released here within the next couple yeah of i weeks. think mccoy will be gone i'm actually someone dropped fournette in our redraft league and i've got a bid in waivers that got delayed it looks like a day on espn leagues mm-hmm. uh, but i've got a bid in for fournette right now uh, and it's not bad. I mean, it's I would stash him. I have him on a couple of teams, and I'm just going to hold on to him. He's just banged up. But. Yeah, but he's still. A, I think he's still a good back. Like I think he'll be fine. And they're yeah. like we talked about before. They're going to get sick of Ronald Jones. Um. All right. I think this guy is just a rental. But uh, Madison over there with the Vikings came in and rushed for over 100 yards, taking uh you know taking the place of Dalvin Cook. Uh, Cook is dealing with an abductor strain. But they've got Atlanta and then a bye week after that. And I imagine Madison will play this week against Atlanta unless they're idiots and put Cook at risk. Um, But then they've got the bye, and then Cook will probably be back after that. Do you view him as anything more than a rental? No, he's a rental, and and I think he's a good rental if you need running back help for this one week. Uh, Cook, when he plays, they run 41% of the offense goes through Cook. 
So I think they'll see something similar. You won't see much of a runoff with Madison. So I want but, I want your advice because I have Madison in two out of uh, the three primary leagues that I'm playing this year, and I, should I consider trying to sell Madison to the Cook owner for insurance or if they're just obliterated at their running back position right now? If you can, it depends what you can get out of it, obviously. But let's say I um, could like level up my tight end or something like that, like to somebody that's regularly startable. Yeah, especially a tight end position because it is so weak this year and there is such a runoff. If you could get, uh, you know, like an Evan Ingram for him, I would do that in a heartbeat. Gotcha. Yeah. Just think. I need, I need to think through that. Think, the only reason I think Evan Ingram is because he had, I'd seen him get dropped in a yeah. couple of leagues. Yeah. Tonight, for the leagues last week. And it had a decent game, so. so here's one where we talked about whether you know how how the backfield would would mature after an industry um joshua kelly versus just uh justin jackson i wasn't i wasn't that impressed with joshua kelly justin jackson definitely seemed to have the hot hand do you think that'll just be a committee or what do you think they're going to do there without eckler yeah i think uh it's a mess like you said kind of a committee and I would I'd definitely lean to Jackson. He has played 59% of the snaps last week. Uh, saw six reception or receiving targets, caught five of them, 15 rushes. Uh, Kelly, you know, his stats last week, he had one target with one catch for nine yards, 11 rushes for 29 yards, uh, 35% of the snaps. So he, to me, is almost non-existent. I would... Probably will stay away from these two, but if I had to pick, I would definitely go Jackson. Yeah, I got Joshua Kelly fairly cheap, um, even before Eckler was injured, and I was hopeful, like, okay, Kelly's going to take on a primary role. And, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, Justin Jackson came in and said, obviously showed that he was prepared to continue the committee role, and yeah. I think it's going to relegate Kelly to no more than half the snaps, and it's just not what I was looking for. Uh, especially when he doesn't seem to be getting the receptions, like you said. So I'm, I'm on fade fade mode with him as well. Uh, we've got another insurance play to consider with CMC coming back pretty soon, we think. Um, do you sell Davis to the CMC owner? Do you hold him in case CMC is can't go full strength? What's your play there? Again, it, it you know all these plays depend on what your roster looks like. But if you're deep at running back and you have Mike Davis, I would try and ship him at this point. Uh, you know, try and solidify one of your weaker positions. But you if really you can't that. send him anywhere except to the McCaffrey owner, right? No, not really. Unless, you know, if, if there's some news coming out here that he re-aggravates or, you know, you could maybe try and pitch that to this person, uh, whoever you're trying to sell him to, that, you know, that it's a nagging injury. And the fact of the matter is, you know, he's their pride and possession in Carolina. Yeah. So, you know, you could have that argument. Obviously, in any dynasty or anything leagues, it's going to be hard to get rid of him on a redraft, though. I think you could definitely do that, especially, like you said, go after who owns McCaffrey, because I bet you they're going to want that insurance on. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm with you on that completely. I. I, I didn't go hard on Davis because I knew it was just I, – I value the middle of the season less, especially if it's a league where it's pretty easy to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like if you got to pay up so much money for somebody like Davis and then CMC is going to come back, then it's just not really where I want to target. So I didn't target him. 
don't have him, but if I did, I'd be looking to sell him to the CMC owner. CMC's a tough guy, man. I think he's going to play. He's not going to want to see their team come into contention and then be stuck on the sidelines with an inter- in, with an injury. I agree. Uh, you mentioned Le'Veon potentially going to Arizona as a good fit. That would disappoint me as an Edmonds owner, uh, both in, in redraft and dynasty. Huh? Uh if they don't add to their backs, if it sticks with you know Edmonds as the secondary back, um, do you think Edmonds should be the primary back in Arizona right now? I do, but I'm kind of biased like you because I have Edmonds in a couple league. You know his snap count has been increasing each week since week three, and I think the writing is on the wall. You know he's more of a explosive back than the two. So I think you could see kind of that uh, Miami-esque role where Kenyon Drake gets goal line carries and, you know, then Edmonds is kind of there for everything else. So if I had to pick one of the two, I'm I'm 100% picking Edmonds to hold and stash going forward. Yeah, I certainly like him from a uh, dynasty perspective as well because I do think, I mean, they'd probably build on their um, – on their depth chart with a rookie or something, but I still like Edmonds to have a significant role in future years. Cause I think Drake's on a one-year contract and he's not exactly earning it to stay. Right. Uh, and he's 26, man. I, I, I hate it for these running backs. They've got the, one of the worst, you know, worst setups in the NFL because they just, they're not valued, uh, but they're, they're beaten up more than anybody. So mm-hmm. they're out of the league at a young age and 26 and just not really performing. Uh, that's a tough spot for him to be in. Yeah, it is. And I feel bad for him. Um, but, hey, he gets to, at the end of the day, he gets to play professional NFL and I don't, so I don't really feel terrible. Yeah, that's true. Uh, one other issue with him, too, is he's never really been a great back. Like He had a stretch of games at the right time at the end of last season to get him into Arizona with some confidence but that's about it, you know, like there it's a it's a struggle for him in my mind like he's going to have to really prove it or I think he's he's very vulnerable to losing that job. Yep, I totally agree. Uh all right, we've got four quarterbacks on our list, none of which are like historically the type that we think is super exciting. Uh but obviously there's a lot that goes into that. Unfortunately, Dak got injured, absolutely brutal. Everybody has probably seen it uh with his ankle. And it puts Dalton in control with probably the best offensive weapons in the league, both running back and uh, wide receiver. So do you think uh, Dalton is the type of person you can play in a one-quarterback league week in, week out? Yes, I do. And a lot of that is because of the disappointment of Matt Ryan. You know, I have Matt Ryan in a lot of my leagues, and I'm going to definitely try and pick up Andy Dalton just because of the weapons. And he did look pretty good on that last drive, leading them down the field for the win. So. Uh, I'm going to definitely play him large part due to the surrounding cast. Not the most talented guy, but we often forget that he led the Bengals to six straight playoffs. I think that's the key. And while running for his life every year, which we're every year, the the pro football focus guys mentioned on their podcast this morning, like he he never had a line. And I think people underestimate how important that is for these pro quarterbacks because they are all good. Like, Honestly, I mean, not all, but most of them are good. Like all these guys that might seem middle of the road because they're on bad teams or, you know, average teams, mm-hmm. their offensive line, we're seeing it with Tannehill right now. 
like their offensive line makes the difference between them looking like okay to looking really freaking good. And I think Dalton can actually be really good for uh, the Cowboys. Like he's not Dak Prescott. I'm not saying that, but I think the drop off is not going to be near as severe as some people may fear. And I think if it was me, I might be looking to go buy some of those wide wide receivers, particularly uh, CeeDee Lamb or Amari Cooper, in case someone's getting scared off because Dak's gone. Yeah, that's a great strategy. You know, I would probably start Dalton over, gosh, I don't even know. Who would you start him over, Ledger? I would start Dalton. I put him in the Aaron Rodgers category, um, uh-huh. which is quite high because of the because of the tools now if i'm looking i'm going to my season uh, so i'd probably start him over stafford Minshew, um Tannehill. would you start him over fitzpatrick uh, not this week because the the miami plays new york jets what, what about jared goff yes i think that's kind of my line i'd play him over jared goff i'd play him over tom brady I'd play yep. him over Teddy Bridgewater. I'd play him over Derek Carr. I I don't think I could play him over Deshaun Watson. Nope. Deshaun Watson, his wide receivers have issues, but he's great. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, and well, he, he has the running upside. Yeah. I was going to say, basically, I would not start him over Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar, Kyler, Deshaun, and Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. I said Aaron Rodgers. I think Aaron Rodgers is kind of the Dalton ceiling, right? Mm-hmm. Like he has enough elite. Ta- it's almost the opposite. Aaron Rodgers, elite quarterback, not elite talent to throw to other outside of one. And Dalton has elite talent to throw to, but he's not an elite quarterback. Uh, and I think it could result in similarly a nice floor for him. Uh-huh. Uh all right, what about Tannehill? They've got a lot going on in Tennessee, man. They, they're they going to get penalized probably for the COVID stuff. They've got uh, injuries on the wide receiver front, although Brown did look pretty good in the in the game on Tuesday. Uh, do you think Tannehill's a play or a fade? I mean, he scored a lot of points. Yeah, I think he's a fade, um, mainly because of the, you know, couple things. He The COVID situation that they've been going through, the receive, banged-up receivers – I love Jonu Smith. Um, Tannehill is in the top 10 on consistency rankings at the quarterback position. So he does have some upside, but uh, it's more of kind of a gut feeling and just a hunch to me that he's just kind of a blood. You know, you're going to get games. He's kind of like, um, you know, a boomer bust type guy. And you never know when they're going to go just thick on Henry, right? Just give him like 30-something carries. Exactly. Uh, here's another reason to fade Tannehill. Week 7, Pittsburgh. Week 9, Chicago. Week 10, Indianapolis. Week 11, Baltimore. Week 12, Indianapolis. Week 13, Cleveland. Yikes. That is brutal. Like, it eases up. Maybe you maybe you could get him for your playoffs run, though. It's Jacksonville, Detroit, Green Bay after that. like It's not bad. Yeah, if a two-quarterback lead... Maybe you could buy him low after those horrible. Like, that's a horrible schedule after like these next few weeks. Um, I don't want to touch Tannehill for a while, but maybe look look to buy him low in a month, and mm-hmm. maybe you can fill him in as your second quarterback to go for a playoff run. I think that's a fun strategy. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right, let's go to Carr. Do you think Carr can be played 
what role when would you play him no i probably i probably would fade him out i'd take dalton and fitzpatrick i'd take a lot of guys over him i just the raiders you know want to run they he's never posted a top 10 season in terms of fantasy football um i'm just i'm gonna fade him i don't like him i'm with you i don't this is part of what goes into my not being a big fan of oakland i don't if you give me a two-minute drill like Derek Carr is not in my top 12 quarterbacks to be able to successfully accomplish that. Nope. Uh, he's the number four, 14 quarterback by points scored on the year so far, though, so he's near a QB1. But I would be struggling to even play him as a QB2. Like maybe he's a QB2, but he's a total floor play for me. Like I just I'm – not, I'm not going to love it. I'm not going to love anything about the uh, Derek Carr experience. Sorry. No, I'm I'm a hundred percent agreeance with you. Uh, and I think we can actually compare him to our final quarterback person we want to talk to, which is Drew Brees. Is Drew Brees washed? Um, and then I'll tell you why I think they can compare. Yeah, I think he's washed. You know, you've seen um, you've seen the Saints transition to more of a run game and more of just kind of a dump off to Kamara, kind of taking the reins from Breeze to Kamara. So the offense runs through him now instead of Drew Breeze. So I am I'm not uh, going to play him. Yeah. Carr and Breeze are actually point one point away. They're 14 and 15, so they're side by side. I think they look really similar. They both throw in mostly short stuff. One good thing, the reason I'll give Breeze the advantage is that I think in a negative game script, I still trust Drew Breeze to go out there and like get it down the field. Uh, when he has to, and he has Michael Thomas to help him out, who I trust over Darren Waller, who's like the the magnet type target yep. for okay. Vegas. Um, so I, I, if I have to play one of them as a second quarterback, then I I would personally choose Drew Brees. If I have any opportunity to get rid of him in dynasty, I'm doing it. I mm. I how low in a dynasty league would you trade him for? Would you trade him for like a third round pick, rookie pick? Is that too low? I think that's probably too low for me. But if you could get a second, would you sell him? Absolutely. Yeah, I'd sell him for a second. 100%. And there's going to be so many good skill position players. You'll be able to find another another quarterback. Are there any quarterbacks, other other quarterbacks that you would trade him for that you think you might actually be able to get? Um, Matt, Ryan, you, Matt Ryan. Justin Herbert, I don't think you could. I don't think you can but, get Herbert. What if you, if you uh, could you know, get Matt Ryan, would you take Matt Ryan over Breeze? Probably not. I, w- I mean, I, I would take him, I guess, but I don't get real excited about it. I don't get excited about it, but he's he's 35. You get a couple extra years, and like mm-hmm. Matt Ryan puts together a handful of decent games, new coach, maybe early next year, and then you look for the longer-term flip. Yep, that's true. That's the only way I could really imagine that. I don't think you could get somebody like Matthew Stafford, but I'd make that trade all day. Yeah, I would too. All right, uh, that's the last quarterback. Two tight ends I want to talk about today. I don't know what to do with either of them. Um, I have one of them. Let's start with Johnny Smith. He had a great game, two touchdowns. Do you sell high, play, or fade? I'm going to play him. I have him in my dynasty league. I think he is – my biggest concern is no supporting cast in the passing game of Tennessee. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to play him and hold him. Um, he's second in consistency rankings on tight ends on the tight ends, which they've just been absolutely brutal this year. So I'm big on him. So I'm definitely playing him. Nice. I like that. And, uh, you know, that 
when there's not a lot of other weapons, sometimes that can be good for the tight end. They get the targets. They attract those targets. And then Eric Ebron in Pittsburgh. We just talked about all those weapons in Pittsburgh. Do they have space for the tight end? Uh, I'm going to fade him. The one encouraging sign is, you know, he's second in routes and targets during the last three games. Um, So this week I'd consider him actually a tight end one this week just because they're playing the Browns and because of the second in routes and targets. Um, And the Browns are terrible against the tight end. I think they're averaging almost 15 points PPR against the tight end. So I would play him this week but fade him season long. Would you play Eric Ebron or Robert Tanyan? Robert Tanyan. Me too. Mostly for the upside, and yep. there's a lot fewer targets there. It's kind of I think Tanyan is kind of a better comparison to what Johnny Smith offers, right? Yeah, I definitely think so too. Just the newer version of it. <laughs> That's exactly right. I have uh, let's see, I have Ebron in our in our league that we're for this podcast, and uh, I'm holding him right now. Just just because I think that I don't have a lot of good options. Like I totally prioritized everything but tight end. So I've kind of been in streaming slash garbage tight end zone. Uh, I, yeah, I was happy. Well, I had Goddard, which was great until he uh, got sent to IR. So that stunk. All right. That's our player analysis. Hope you all enjoyed that. We're going to spend just a few minutes now going over our leagues. Uh, let's start with the Dragon Chain League, league number one. Uh, were there any bad beats or any worthwhile changes to standings that you saw? None. It was pretty boring was week a, in the Dragon Chain. That's what it looked like to me, too. There looks to be still only you – know, there's one undefeated player fighting Sphinx, and I don't think uh, – yeah, I mean, this league's – it was pretty boring this week. Did you win? You lost. You lost to Ric Flair. I lost to a guy that um, – should not have lost two. And you're two and three now. Uh Uh-oh. Three, but you know what? I'm taking a page out of Prince's book, and I am really gave the players extra day off this week. (laughs) Really going to focus on moving forward from here on out. How's your matchup look for week six? Is it going to be tough? Um, That's a good question. Playing two and three team slayers who has Lamar Jackson, Daniel Jones, and Calvin Ridley. So they might have a rebound game on you. Could very well with uh, Jackson. It looks like he's got some guys. Thankfully, Kamara and Chris Carson's are on a bye. Uh, doesn't really have much on his bench. He can replace him, and honestly, it doesn't even look like he's checking his team anymore. <laughs> so you might sneak by so on that one. I might sneak by a W. Nice. League two is the Matcha League. Matcha has aggregated crypto trading through a DEX. Uh, Prince still five and zero. Oh, put together another win with one hundred and twenty four points, but just getting it done. Dynasty, Dynasty put together a week over one hundred and fifty points and up to three and two now. Uh, Team Nuts still five and zero. Oh. Uh, so yeah, they've got those two undefeated teams. They've got nobody that's an offer yet. Uh, just they've, everybody's got a win on that league. Pretty diversified league. Prince and yeah. Prince is in control, isn't he? He, him, and Nuts are both five and zero, oh, but um, Prince Prince is looking good, man. I I like his Kyler Murray and Derrick Henry. Um, I like his team a little bit. I will say, Daddy Lambo got eighteen and a half points from Jonu last night to pull the W over Jared Phillips, one thirty four to one twenty seven. That's how he won it. That's yep. impressive. Yep. Um, and from a points 
scored perspective, it looks like uh, Tenderville Squats in your league has 674, and Team Nuts in that league has 650. So that league is a little bit underperforming from a total points scored perspective, which matters for the playoffs once the finals. Uh, All right, then Stacked League 3. This is my league. Stacked is automated crypto investing. Uh, You can even follow other traders and really take the work out of it for yourself. Um, I I got an ugly win, but I stayed four and one. I only scored a hundred points, but it was enough. Need those. Sometimes you just need those. That's right. We had a we had a tough one here. Uh, Fun face versus crutches. Crutches lost by four points, one forty two to one thirty eight ish, and uh, yeah. So both put together good weeks. And Wuhan Core got his first win, sixty four point nine, but. Tunes, yeah, I, tunes, fifty nine points, man. How do you do it? Unbelievable. <laughs> Fade tunes always. Come on. Uh, too bad. Core is not even checking the lineup. I he know. Started Le'Veon. He started. Oh no, I'm sorry. That's that's Funface started Le'Veon, and Crutches still couldn't beat him. Yeah, honestly, both of them look like they just ignored everything on the week. Yep. Um. Yeah. Tunes had two people on by, and so did Wuhan. That's no Wuhan had three people on by. That's just a dumpster fire. So thanks for your money, Tunes. <laughs> fade fade, oh. fade Tunes, no matter what. Always. Uh, that was the only close one we had in League Three. Um, let's see. Total points for I am no longer in the lead. Funface has 650. I have 635. Crutches has 655. We've got a lot of pretty good scorers over here, though. And uh, Hans on Gaming with 584 is the only undefeated one. I'm sensing some win regression coming on for him. He deserves the L. He's It's coming. We've I, You know, I said this, I think, a couple of weeks ago. In this league, we've seen people. I, I even seen have seen someone go seven and zero, and then they lost like their next five games and didn't even make the playoffs because they were seven and zero and they'd only scored like seven. You know, not not many points a game. But let's just say, got to trust the process, right? That's right. You got to stick with it. Um, in terms of coming up, I'm feeling pretty good about my next week. Even though the, this buy season does get tough, you know, like all of a sudden, you know your top scorers are out and you never know exactly how those are going to stack up. Like I don't consider my buy so much when I'm drafting uh, this week, it would have been, or this year it would have been pointless anyways, because of all the games moving around, but I'm, I'm starting to figure out who I'm going to stream. Lamar Jackson's going to have his buy next week. So across my leagues, that's going to be a big deal. You're laying the foundation. I like it. That's right, man. Got a plan. Um, man, I got to give a shout out to my buddy, Johnny Moe. This was a completely different league, but he is now 0-5 in this league, and two weeks in a row he has lost to the top point scorer in the entire league while being the second highest point scorer. Oh, man. Two weeks in a row. It's been absolutely brutal for him, Uh, and the most recent one he lost by two points, and the week before I beat him by like three uh, and this one, he even had Josh Allen last night to try to close it down for him and just barely missed it. Like, he's got a good squad, and it doesn't matter because <laughs> he's just getting smoked. In fact, points against 
in this league. I just got this is I, this is just awesome. Points against eight hundred and eight. The highest points for the leader on the points for side is seven hundred and forty nine. Oh, so collectively, everyone is just piling on to him and destroying him. Uh, and his his points for is like probably fourth or so in the league. Like he's not playing bad. He's just getting destroyed. So he needs to trust the process. It's a ten team league, only four playoff teams, so he's in trouble. <laughs> but I feel bad for him. Two horrible beats in a row. Keep grinding. All right. Anything else you're looking to, forward to this next week? Just the Bears getting one more step closer to a Super Bowl. You think they got it? You think that team can do it? I don't know. Yeah. And maybe if they can get Le'Veon. Their defense is the real deal. They just need some help. Do you think they're going to play Trubisky at some point this year? Um, as long as, if only if Nick Foles gets hurt. But you, you think if Foles just has some garbage game that they won't like go through some dumb quarterback rotation? I don't. I think uh, Trubisky's time with the Bears is over. Sorry, Trubisky. <laughs> is there anywhere he could go? Um, Some, somebody's backup job. Trubisky. Yeah, I think it'd be a decent backup. Yeah, he's going to be one of those guys that makes a million dollars a year for like 10 years being a backup. Yeah. Honestly, it's got to be the best job in the whole world, right? Being the backup quarterback? Maybe. I think being a punter would be a lot more fun, and Crutches is going to love to hear that. <laughs> yeah, I'm probably with you on that. All right, thanks, everybody, for joining us. Go to fantasystatus.com. Check out all our sponsors and the leagues and uh, standings. Subscribe to the podcast. We appreciate that, and it was uh, great to see you. Great to be in with you, Dale. Yeah, you too. Take care, guys. Good luck.